Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Edwin, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. Really happy that you are here. This is episode 20, and my guest today is Elaine Ma. Elaine is the director for Canada at Intel Corporation, a 12-year veteran with the company. Among her many achievements at Intel, Elaine is especially proud of her work fostering innovation and growth with small businesses through her Canadian Small Business Advisory Board. She's a frequent speaker at industry and government conferences on the importance of technology to the Canadian economy, as well as on emerging trends. Elaine currently sits on the National Board of Directors of the Information Technology Association of Canada. I was so happy to sit down with her to hear about her personal growth as a leader, the opportunities and challenges leading a global brand, and what she learned taking on the role as country manager at Intel Canada. Before jumping in, I want to thank my media partners, IT World Canada, for the support of the podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Elaine. Thanks for having me. But before we get started, can you share with us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about Elaine. Who is she and and what does she like to do? Oh, goodness. How long is our podcast? <laughs> uh, I am a marketing professional, and I have been with Intel for 12 years now in a primarily marketing role, but I've really been uh, doing marketing for over 25 years now. Um, so that's that's who I am in my day job, and uh, in my off hours, I live in Toronto, and I am married. I have two dogs, and uh, you know, it's it's a pretty quiet life when I when I'm offline. I'm offline. Tell us about your current role here at, at Intel Canada. Sure. So I'm a director for Intel Canada, and I'm also a part of the America's marketing team as a content strategist. So what does that mean in terms of the content strategist? So I am working on uh, campaigns primarily focused on data center and Internet of Things. And it's really about looking at uh, the content that uh, speaks to business solutions, uh, business challenges that could be addressed through technology, and really understanding how we can best help uh, other businesses deal with their challenges, um, understand solutions, and, and think about the overall business strategy that's enabled by technology. So what is what, what are those stories that we can share, uh, both ours and our customers, that will help businesses be able to transform themselves and stay competitive? I can only imagine that you're really getting up and close with your customers, seeing what they're doing. Is there any particular technology or customer that that you've recently been introduced to and and really psyched about in terms of IoT, uh, Internet of Things, or within the data center? You know, it's fascinating to really talk to any of our customers or or watch any business take technology and and transform themselves. I spend a lot of time focusing on Canadian businesses and in particular uh, smaller businesses, um, so usually less than 100 employees. And it's been such 
a privilege to be able to hear and tell their stories in terms of how they have taken technology and used it in such unexpected ways that have really driven their ability to be more strategic, more competitive, more productive, and really um, have a presence at a global level, be competitive at a global level, and really uh, do it all from a very small footprint. It's It's been amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you brought up the work that you do with the small business. I know you've been pretty passionate about that that space over a lot of your career. Can you tell us how, how you got involved or, or why you're even passionate about it? And, and what about the small business really makes you move? Canada's economy is driven by small business. I don't think that's any secret to, to anybody who follows uh, the economic news of the day. And so, you know, there's been a lot of conversation for many, many years about how do we grow Canada's productivity? How do we uh, stay competitive as part of the G8? And being biased, uh, working for Intel, of course, I look at it through a technology lens and really... Um, you know, probably for the, within the last 10 years is, is the golden age to be in small business because technology has come so far in terms of its accessibility, its affordability, um, and hopefully in its simplicity that smaller businesses can avail themselves of some pretty sophisticated solutions and capabilities that really level the playing field between uh, a business that may not be large in number of employees, but, you know, they have great ideas, there's great potential, and with technology, they have an even playing field and can compete against a multinational global player uh, if they have the right solution. So that, to me, is really what's exciting about the marriage between technology and small business. And it's it's helping small businesses see and perceive that um, uh, technology isn't a widget. It's not it's not just a, a physical tool, but it's an enabler of something far greater. I'm going to take back to 2012 here at Intel. Doug Cooper stepped down as a country ma- manager of Canada after a 25-year career and making you the second country manager for Intel. So I was really curious when I, when I, when I was reading about this, uh, looking back, can you share with us the opportunities and, and the challenges that came with the added responsibility and following, following a longstanding leader? It was daunting <laughs> to, to put it mildly. Uh, Doug hired me into Intel Canada and as you mentioned, had a very long tenure, hugely respected in the industry and essentially was the voice and face for Intel Canada throughout his career. So to step into that um, was certainly something that uh, I was quite aware of the very large shoes that I had to fill. Uh, by the same token, though, Doug is an excellent manager. I couldn't really ask for much more in terms of his supportiveness and his encouragement as he knew I was stepping into that role. So it was really that opportunity to um, become the voice for Intel Canada. And I, I continue to be a spokesperson for Intel Canada and also take some of 
uh, my passions, helping small businesses understand the, the role technology can make for them, and really working through the capacity of whether it's, you know, having conversations at a governmental level to see what we can do to influence policy or really working within the ecosystem of Canadian technology, which uh, at its base is, is a smaller community. And so everybody knows everybody, but being able to work collaboratively across businesses towards common goals, working with the IT Association of Canada as well. So those were all things that uh, really excited me in terms of that potential to drive forward into a, a very positive direction for both Intel and Canada. Well, I mean, I can't even imagine taking over from someone who, who is the, uh, I guess, the voice of of the country. How did you, as you stepped in, did you have specific goals or did you take a lead from Doug as well? Or, or, or how, did you, how did you do that transition? I definitely had, as I said, very uh, solid support from Doug. And so we did talk through what that transition could look like. Um, he was certainly very open to addressing any questions or uh, concerns I may have had. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was something that I would have to find my own space, find my own voice. And uh, he understood that as well. So uh, I'm still in touch with Doug today. Uh, we, you know, get together for lunch and still trade emails. So um, it's it's been a very uh, rewarding relationship in that m- manner. And not only, not only um, taking over as within a country manager, how, how would you say that experience helped you grow as a leader? during that whole transition and taking over the helm? It really forces you to step outside your comfort zone. I know that's a cliche, but um, it's a position where you don't have a fallback. You, there's nobody to hide behind. Uh, so you need to push yourself forward. Uh, and at that time, uh, there were some fairly significant um events taking place in Canada, the World Congress of IT was coming to Canada. So there was no place to to shy away from. You had to be there, you had to be present, and you had to contribute. And so you just need to face that head on um, and just have the confidence in yourself. In some cases, pulling out another cliche, you have to fake it till you make it, but you need to be present at the table um, because you can't participate and you can't drive things if you're not going to be there. The reign that you had at Intel Canada, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't long. It was, it was short. It was probably about a year and Graham Palmer took over. So can you share with us after that whole whirlwind of being pulled up to the spotlight, how was that transition going back into primarily marketing role, but it sounds like you are still involved and you are still the face of Intel. Now, now I didn't read that about you, but uh, into that marketing and just primarily marketing again. Yeah, uh, it's it, it was definitely a point of transition, um, but it's also something that is not unexpected if you work in an industry like technology, where the only thing that's constant is change. And so it really does... Um, it really tests your capacity to figure out how you handle change. Is it something that 
becomes part of your fabric and you learn from that, grow and keep moving? Or do you let it scar you in some way? And so you need to make those choices for yourself in terms of how you are able to move through changes like that. When Graham came in, how were you there for him coming in? Was there a transition? Did you provide with him um, some type of guidance, some type of focus? Or obviously there was a transition for handing it over, but it seemed like he came in with that experience already of leading or a big executive role as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Graham uh, was a longstanding employee with Intel and had actually been the country manager for the UK. And so he made the move to Canada and absolutely there was transition uh, in terms of helping him understand uh, the market and also who uh, who all the players are, really making sure that he has that opportunity and that capacity to become part of this technology ecosystem. And so it's really about making sure that he is successful in his role uh, so that Intel can continue to be as successful as possible in the marketplace. When I look back at your career, I mean, it really amazes me to see the wealth of experience that you had, uh, Elaine, in the companies, uh, from media companies to consulting. And I'll, eventually, you're here in a technology company, Intel. So it, fa- it always fascinates me to hear how some of today, these, today's leaders had to make changes, transform to get where they are today. What would you say was the biggest turning point in your career? I would say that the biggest turning point was probably my decision to move from Edmonton to Toronto. So I grew up born and raised in in Western Canada. And uh, as I say, I've been in the marketing game for a very long time. And it was one of those things where I had come to a point that I recognized for myself if I wanted to have the career experiences that I hoped for, I would need to make a substantial change. And that involved saying goodbye to family and friends in Edmonton. My husband and I moved to Toronto. uh, And this was in the late uh, 1989. No, 1989. It was that we moved out. And so um, it, it, it was just that change that we wanted to try this opportunity for my marketing career to take bigger and broader paths, hopefully. Um, so that was the, that was, I would say the turning point. As the roles change and grew, it, it seemed to me that your teams and your responsibilities not only changed, but they also grew as well. So how did you adjust and build yourself as, as an effective leader in, 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 in the specific organizations? I wouldn't say I took conscious steps in terms of how I have, um, evolved over the years, uh, but certainly every experience imprints itself on you. Uh, and that is both in terms of the, um, the people that you work with, the managers you report into, and also the people that report into you in turn. And so all of those interactions, um, even, even working with um, peers and other organizations as you as you form your network and you gain experience from how other people are doing their jobs that are in similar roles. I think all of that 
becomes a part of shaping who you are as an individual contributor, but also as a manager, uh, as a team member. It sort of rolls into my next questions. Who who are your biggest influences when it comes to business leadership or or management? Yeah, uh, I would say that um, certainly Doug was a big influence on me in terms of his style, his professionalism, uh, his ease, which I still don't have. I still envy the way he can just take on any scenario and he's equally comfortable whether he's talking about technology or marketing. Uh, he can be talking to a, a fourth-year primary school student or a head of state. He's just, he's brilliant at, at what he does and his his thinking is just amazing. So that was certainly a huge influence on me. Um, I've also had some great influences um, from, as I say, my peer group actually and and I think that's actually very important for people to to find that peer group so that you have sounding boards you have uh, I, I'll call it a safe zone um, where you know those challenges and tribulations and triumphs that you have at the workplace you have an opportunity to process those Um Yes, you have your family at home, and that is absolutely a point of support. But unless they're in the field with you, it's very difficult for them to really understand what it is that you go through on a day-to-day, quarter-by-quarter basis. And so that peer group, I think, is hugely important for helping you figure out where level is. Can you can you share with us uh, where, if, if, if someone's listening... And it's like, oh, I need I need to find a peer group. How, how did you find a peer group? Or where, where, where do you go about that? My peer group, and, and you know, I, I wish I had something more intentional to share with you. But it really was um, being able to recognize an individual that you connect with, no matter what the circumstance happened to be. Um, and, and being able to be forward enough to keep that engagement going. Um, you, uh, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier when I um, took on that country manager role, is you can't shy away. Uh, you have to really push forward, and um, you may be thinking to yourself, oh boy, this person thinks I'm stalking them, or maybe this is too forward. Am I being rude or obnoxious by, um, you know, sending them a, an invitation to coffee or what have you? But you you need to take that step if you feel that you may have a connection with this individual, um, and it may not work. You may, you know, and coffee's always safe, so you may have a very lovely coffee and then say, okay, that we didn't have that same connection the second time. But what if you do have a, that same and better connection when you meet for coffee and then that grows to lunch and that grows to, you know, meeting for dinner after work and, and being able to have that, you know, have that connection. And I think that's something that absolutely is always worth the risk. What do you look for in a good leader? A good leader should have a, a clear objective. They need to have open ears. 
And, and by that, I, they have to be able to take input. Um, they may not uh, necessarily act on that input, but they need to be receptive to input. And then they have to be able to, um, uh, they have to be able to instill trust that they're leading you in the right direction. Um, so I think those are all fairly critical if you think about it from a very um, business pragmatic sense. But then I also think a good leader has a certain level of empathy. Uh, and I know, you know, I've read many uh, an article or, or book or case study about, you know, the best leaders are sociopaths or psychopaths where they have no empathy and they really can't figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling. But I would disagree with that. I think that, um, and maybe this just speaks to my personal management style, but I really think that you need to be able to put yourself uh, into another person's point of view or perspective. And uh, maybe that's the marketing side of me, because you can't be a good marketer if you can't see from somebody else's point of view. Um, so that's, that's how I internalize what good leadership is. And you mentioned that you read you read depending on articles or books. So I'm curious to know, is there any books that you're reading right now when it comes to your profession or business leadership or even marketing? Yeah, um, probably. Well, the, the two books that I've read most recently, um, I'm currently reading A Field Guide to Lies by Daniel Levitin, um, which it's it's a fascinating read. It sort of hits one of my sweet spots. I I really enjoy uh, market research and data. I'm a bit of a data geek, and so um, I've always been highly attuned to the fact that you can make your numbers say whatever you want them to say. And so to see that he's written an entire book about that, and it really is um, sort of a, a foundational look at critical thinking and not just trusting any numbers that are served up to you. So it's, it's a fairly entertaining read for me. Uh, and then just prior to that, I read uh, Everyone's an Artist, which is um, which was written by a, a former colleague of mine and uh, two other folks that he works with. And, and I also enjoyed reading that. Fun question. And when, when we're talking about leadership, if I were to ask any of your team, what was the best leadership quality you possess? What do you think they would say? Boy, that's an interesting one. Um, I have been told that I am, um, I'm reasonably unflappable. <laughs> and uh, going back to my earlier point of the only thing constant about technology is that it's always changing. And so that leads to um, organizations needing to be adaptable and flexible and people needing to be able to just flow with where the business is taking you. Um, and so as your role changes, as expectations change, as opportunities present themselves, being able to work within, you know, the current of wherever things are going. Um, and so I seem to be able to go with the flow pretty readily, even if I may be stressed out later as I'm venting with my peer group. But it it really is that capacity to, to roll with it um, and be able to adjust quickly so that you continue to be able to perform. Before we end, I'd love to get your final thoughts, your observations, any actionable recommendations that you could share with the future technology leaders that are out there looking to grow. Yeah. Interesting question. Um, 
and I, I guess I'll just draw from my own past. I did not envision that, you know, in 20 or 25 years, I'd be working at Intel for a good part of my career and um, be immersed in technology the way I am. I started out in, you know, doing marketing for Jim Pattison. So it's, um, it was an unexpected path, not an unwelcome one. I do have my geek tendencies, so it fits in really well with who I am personally. But technology really is an opportunity in so many ways. Um, going back to what I said about small businesses as well, it's an enabler of so many things that you're really not, um, you know, I'm not coming into a technology company expecting to do coding or to assemble a circuit board. Um, absolutely, there are career paths and there are opportunities in that space. But to think about technology purely from that, from that mindset is so limiting. Um, and the to be unafraid of what that potential or opportunity that technology presents to you um really you need to keep an open mind uh and you need to be ready for the unexpected because the way that technology is changing so quickly you know it, it, i i'll look at intel as an example you know we're focused on artificial intelligence we're looking at 5g we're looking at automated driving and virtual reality. I mean, these are such amazing fields and have such potential for how we live and work in the future. And that can create untold opportunities um, for people that are looking to grow their careers into interesting and challenging spaces. So you need to be open to that. Um, and it's it's just so many different ways to tap into what that technology will unleash. So to close, Elaine, please tell us where we can find more information about you, about the work that Intel and maybe perhaps you're doing, and anything else that you'd love to share with us. Sure. So if people are interested, they can follow me on Twitter at E underscore Ma, M-A-H. Uh, if they're interested in the work that Intel is doing, we're found on uh our URLs, intel.com, or you can follow us on facebook.com slash intel. Perfect. Thank you for coming on the show, Elaine. Thanks for having me. And that's it, folks. Thank you for listening to the episode. It was so great to sit down with Elaine to learn about her leadership story from the perspective of leading a technology company from a marketing standpoint. It was refreshing to hear how she had to fill in big shoes when the country manager position opened up, and how she helped her replacement become comfortable and ready for the role. If you're interested in learning more about Elaine, Intel Canada, and whatever she's up to, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 020. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to contact me directly via email. Just send me a note to edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. We are currently serving our listeners. So to learn more about you, please take a few minutes and visit our website and click on the survey link found on the homepage. Until next time, thank you. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.